everybody. Welcome to the Wild at Heart podcast. This is Stacy Aldridge, and I'm so happy to be with you today and with a couple of my Wild at Heart allies with Lisa Beck and Alan Arnold. And what we are going to be talking about, well, actually, we're going to be talking about movies <laughs> and the stories Yay. we love. Popcorn. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I miss that. Oh, yeah. um, and, and why we love them. And, you know, I want to start off just a little seriously, though, because in this day and age, there's such a smorgasbord available to us, and the movies are getting darker and more promiscuous and insane. And so we really have to be aware and alert of what we're watching, what we're allowing in our homes. And this verse just really struck out to me was Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And in Proverbs 4, it talks about, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And then in Proverbs 2, if you just flip a page back, it talks about discretion will protect you. And understanding will guard you. And it's important that we don't put things in our hearts, in our minds, that are going to take us away from Jesus and union with Him. Theater of our mind, our imaginations. Mm -hmm. And I have found that I might have slipped into watching something and not been quick enough to pause or fast forward or turn it off. And man, it's like it haunts me. Well, you know, sometimes... It, we get pulled into a show, and it could be a Netflix series, it could be a movie, it could be a novel, where we've heard, boy, the writing is so good, or the dialogue mm -hmm. is so rich, or the characters, you're going to love this character. And yet, if the creator of that, if their worldview is dark, if their worldview is hopeless or void, uh, then you get sucked into something that goes against the Philippians first, because all of a sudden— you're allowing something that has a little bit of light, but a lot of dark or a lot of ultraviolence or sexuality into your home in ways you normally wouldn't through, but it's a really good story. Hmm. And I've just found all stories aren't created equal. That's really true. So we're going to give you some, some great ideas, stories and movies that, that have moved us. And I will confess right away that for me to love a movie— it has to have a happy ending. Mm. It has to have a happy ending. Well, yes. I don't mind if somebody dies. I mean, okay, I mind. I might cry. I'm sad that they— It doesn't Not mean it's no, a bad guy. Oh, bad guys. That's bad the guys. best. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cheer for that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of postmodern films will just kill somebody off for no reason. Right. And I don't like that. Or to be artistic. Artistic. Or to be morally relative. Yes. No, 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 no. no. Happy ending. Riding off into a beautiful sunset. <laughs> and, and Stacey, why is a happy ending? You want that, and you know intuitively that's what it should be, but why? Oh, because that is our story. It's ours. We have a happy ending, and we have to hold on to that in the midst of the travail and the trials and the danger that we are walking through and living in at various times in our life. It's not a smooth ride, but when we know the end of our story, it gives us the hope and the strength to press on and um, continue on. And so I think that's why 
I'm drawn to certain stories is because I love true stories. Yes. So when someone takes a person's history and turns it into a movie— I love that. Mm. I especially love it if I've read the book or if I, it's somebody I know. Not know. I mean, you know what I mean. But <laughs> yes. um, someone I know about, I know of. I love those movies. So I'm really drawn to true stories. You just made me think of Seabiscuit. Yes, Seabiscuit. Oh, it's so good. Because in Seabiscuit, you have... The happy ending. Yes. But you have the struggle yes. along the way. And I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. I can relate to, yes, ever, the odds were stacked against not only the horse, not only this right. little horse, but also the people involved, the trainer, the jockey, the owner. Exactly. Yes. And so it's, it's very um, encouraging to me to see— Yes, they pressed through. They talked about it. They they did what they had to do, mm-hmm. and there was a happy ending. Yes. yes. It's, now I want to go and watch it. I know. Did any of you see Lars and the Real Girl? Yes, pick me. <laughs> yes. No, I haven't. No, oh, it's in Should your I? future. Oh, okay. definitely. Tell oh, me why you like Alan. it, Lise. Um, this is so fun. <laughs> this is so fun to talk about our movies. So, Laura, but that wasn't a real story. No, it wasn't a okay. real story. No. Um, I love Lars and the Real Girl because, well, Ryan Gosling, and he's just cute <laughs> and good at what he does. But um, it was a community rallying around somebody who was struggling and making his life possible to heal. Yes. Possible to impossible to be without judgment. They just joined in his struggle with yes. him and for him and I loved it. It was delightful. It is delightful and it's so redemptive. Yes. Because of the community and after you watch this movie we're all going to want to move there. We all wanted to live in a community mm-hmm. like this where um, people genuinely care in intangible ways. But the film is not only redemptive on his life, it's redemptive for the people around him. The messages of, I'm going to come for you, and or you're struggling, but it's affecting me, and it's doing a transformational effect on me, even though it's hard. So that's one of my favorites. Okay, I'm going to throw you as a curveball yeah. on a favorite. One of my favorites, top three would be Ratatouille <gasps> from Pixar. Of course it is. And, of course it is. And I didn't even see it when it was in the theater because I thought, I don't like a movie of a rat that's a chef, mm-hmm. like uh, that's probably not going to change my world much. But then I watched it when my kids got to the age where they were going to, you know, want to see it. And I was in tears and I was cheering. And it's, it's, it's a story most probably listeners have seen it, but it's a story of this rat that named Remy that dreams of becoming a great French chef. But, of course, rats aren't allowed in, in kitchens, kitchen. much less to cook. And so his dream is threatened from the very beginning. And one of the biggest movers against him in the movie is Anton Ego is his name, and he's the critic. And so he's trying to shut down the restaurant that secretly Remy wants to work at. And I just wanted to read to you the last couple of sentences 
from the movie, it doesn't give away what happens in the movie, but just the beauty of what drew me to that movie and the theme of it. And so this is the critic, Anton Ego, and he's going through a transformation because he used to think you could only be a great chef if you were a certain type of person. Mm -hmm. And he says, in many ways, the work of a critic is easy. We risk very little, yet enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and themselves to our judgment. We thrive on negative criticism, which is fun to write and to read, but the bitter truth we critics must face is that in the grand scheme of things, the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating it so. But there are times when a critic truly risks something, and that is the discovery and defense of the new. The world is often unkind to new talents, new creations. The new needs friends. And it's this beautiful truth in the midst of an animated show that I found my own heart rising to go, I can do more than I think. Mm -hmm. Or the limitations really aren't there. And it was through a fun animated yes. movie of a rat in a Paris kitchen. Yes. And it has a happy ending. And it has. <laughs> the rat lives. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And not in the soup. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you just make me think of animated movies. Like, okay, up. Up. Mm. Up. I know. The first seven minutes. In all of the characters. <gasps> yes. I mean, it's, so again, a host, an ensemble of characters that represent different things. You know, the the Boy Scout, the the older couple, the Kevin, the bird, you know, the awkward <laughs> bird. Yes. The dog. You know, it's like they all bring a piece to that story yeah. that is encouraging. It's delightful. Mm -hmm. Do you have another one that you've thought of? Um, along animated lines. Or, no, 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 anything. Oh, okay. Um, because I was thinking of Tangled, but that's really rough. You know, Tangled oh, yeah. is uncovering yeah, the rough mother stuff. Wound the mother and, wound. Yeah. Yes. So maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe that doesn't go along. <laughs> it's still but, good. Do you remember Fly Away Home? Oh, the one where uh, the, the, the the little geese girl. And the and the little girl. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yes. And so she's been re united with her father after um, her mother has passed. Oh. And they find restoration in their relationship through these geese and on a, a joint mission to, oh, that's to so make good. sure. Oh, it, it was, and the music and the scenery, you know, it, it's it's really beautiful. Wow. And that also, you know, the father coming in. The father come, speaking showing in. up. To her life, mm -hmm. inviting her to an adventure. Yes. Ooh, that's good. Yes, it's good. And her response and and her struggle in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Okay, here's an oldie. Yes. Strictly Ballroom. Oh, that is. Uh, okay, mm. that's an old, quirky Australian film that you need to watch. And you also need to hang in there because it does start off pretty <laughs> bizarre and you're going, what is going on? But it's really the story, again, almost like Ratatouille, of, but it's a woman who, against all odds and every voice speaking negatively into her life, um, pursuing her dreams and her gifting and her desires. And she's she's not supported. She isn't. 
And at first, um, it's a story also of an ugly duckling becoming a swan through finally being seen and giving an opportunity. But still, there's the naysayers and the, um, you know, get back in the kitchen or go back in the cellar, Cinderella. Um, but I tell you what, John and I watched that the first time more than 20 years ago. And then at the end of it, we got up and started dancing around the room. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> because there's redemption. Yeah. Because there's redemption. And the, and the struggle was shown. Yes. And I love that about book sale movies yes. is that you're invited into the struggle so it's something you can relate to. Yeah, and then you're cheering for it. And then you're cheering, yes. And it has an effect on those around you. It's it's not about just your story and, and your own redemption. It's the effect that it has on the community and the people that are mm-hmm. seeing and, and watching and taking note. And that's real. When we are living for the kingdom and we're living with hope and we're pressing on and there isn't a person in this room or who is listening who is not now or recently facing a struggle, struggle, mm-hmm. sorrow, pain, or, or somebody in your life is. And so that's why we're supposed to fix our gaze on Jesus, think on whatever is true, take hold of what is lovely, because our circumstances come and go. Our emotions can be a roller coaster, but the truth of the gospel is steadfast. And so, yes, for happy endings, and yes, for the effect on other people. When when I watch you guys in the midst of a hard season— holding fast to the truth, even though you're being affected by the hard. It's not like it's not playing a role. I am so encouraged and prodded on. So even when you think no one is watching, people are taking notice. Sure they are. Yeah. Well, and that's how, that is how our story changes for good, is going through the initiation of the hard times. And when we're in a movie theater and the hard moment happens, you know, Indiana Jones is on the swaying bridge yeah. and and it's hundreds of feet up and all Carol. of a sudden people from both sides with swords come at him and you're like, he's, oh, no. there's, what's he going to do? Mm-hmm. You lean in and you know it's going to be one of the best parts of the movie. Yes. There's a hope and an expectancy, but you don't know how it's going to work. Yet in our life, when those things happen, we tend to want to raise the white flag and go back to the purely happy, easy moments. Sure. And the problem with that is the reason we love certain movies, I think, is because of the journey of the character. Yes. And so that calls out in us and inspires us, I think, to go, yes, and in our own story, those hard moments are going to be the things that make us who God is inviting us to be, mm-hmm. not when we're sitting on the couch with a bag of potato chips. We're not going through much transformation usually <laughs> right. in the right way. Right. It's not chips. It's Cheetos. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Which is back to Seabiscuit, set during the Depression. Yes. And then you see uh, the journey that it took to to access this horse's heart, basically, you know, yes. his heart as a champion. And it took several things. They tried several things, and you see it not working, not working, and the discouragement that comes yes. with that, but then the heart of pressing in and hoping <sighs> for more. Yes. It's a, a redemption story. It is. It is. A, a horse 
a racing horse. I also like it when there's a clear good guy and a clear bad guy. The the black cowboy hat and the white cowboy yes, hat. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. A number of years ago, John wrote a, a movie. It was our it was our anniversary. I think it was our tenth or something. And so we went and saw Harrison Ford's Clear and Present Danger. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. Anyway, at the end of this movie is finally through all of this trauma and travail and attack and you know tension and suspense and the bad guy gets what he deserves. Mm-hmm. And the theater is packed and this this moment happens and John just unintentionally yells out, yes! yes. <laughs> Hand goes up he in the air. This. People like start clapping. <laughs> you know? But you get caught up in a great story and you just go, that, you know, that, friends, that day is coming too. Yes. 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 Say that. So I'll share another one of mine. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, That's yes. probably my all-time oh, favorite it's good. Movie. I think so. You, you have a poster of it. You have the poster yeah. in your poster office. in my office. And, and the reason why, it, it varies quite a bit from the actual book that it's based on. Like, if you read that short story, yeah. that's not what they did in the movie, other than it's a character, Walter Mitty, who lives in his head. He lives in his own mind. He imagines all these things that are happening, but he basically has no real life. And... And ironically, he works at Life Magazine. So here's wow. a man with no life yes. that works at Life, and he's in the very bowels of the company in the dark room developing negatives. So he spends all his life negatively with negatives, and all of a sudden he gets called into something bigger than himself and and bigger than even what he imagines in his kind of fantasy world of his mind. And so it's this beautiful transformation of a man who has no life to a man who is living richly and fully present and in a heroic way. And one of the key changes is he finds about midway through the movie, his mom is going through all this, this the boxes of like his childhood memories and she's moving and there's a journal. And the journal that she gives him is from his dad who's no longer there. Um, but he opens it up and it says, have fun, dad. Mm. And he realizes all the pages are blank. Like here's a journal, a, a journal of discovery, a journal to, to have all these fun experiences and it's blank. And and he starts writing the pages of his life by how he's living. So it's this phenomenal transformative mm-hmm. movie. Yes. And the reason it, I think it appeals to me and a lot of people is it speaks life. It's saying, don't don't believe the lie that you're irrelevant, unseen, have to do life alone, um, but step into, and, and our Father gives us that journal, right? And our Father, God says, here's the journal. Let's do this together. Have fun. Love Dad. That's good. And here we go. Mm-hmm. So that's that's when I watch about once a year like smelling salts to go back to who am I, what really matters, and how do I really live? That is so good. And the other thing about that movie is it is so beautifully filmed. Oh, truly. The music. Iceland. Isn't a yes. lot of it in Iceland? Yeah. Well, and, yeah. you know, there's that scene with Sean Penn, the actor, yes. who is yes. playing Sean O'Connell in the movie, and he's a photographer, and they're in the Himalayas. And they're looking for this elusive snow leopard that nobody hardly has ever seen or or can find. And so here comes Walter Mitty in the Himalayas 
in search of this photographer who's in search of this snow leopard. And they have binoculars and the the high lens a camera. And all of a sudden, the photographer sees it. And Walter Mitty's watching him, and he's like, aren't you going to take the picture? Like, take it. It's there. There he is. And basically, Sean O'Connell's like, no, a lot of times in life's most beautiful moments, trying to take a picture is distracting. I just want to fully experience mm. it, fully be there. And, and I soak it in. Yeah, you just see the shift in the character, but also I find a shift in me of, man, I, how many times am I not fully present in the moment because I'm trying to capture the moment? Yeah, that's a word for today. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all going to go home and watch that too. Yes. Lisa, are you familiar with um, it? Was a French film first, and it was called Intouchables. Oh, and yes. then they adapted it into the English version, um, The Upside. Yes. Oh, no, yes. I'm no. Not. Oh, okay, oh, yes. So, and they. Oh, we should have said spoiler alerts before. We won't tell the end, and except you can know the that end. they all have a happy ending. But yes, other than that, yes, because we're not talking about anything but happy <laughs> yes. endings, right? But um, so the main character, or there's several again, yes. But uh, a man who is a quadriplegic, and he hires, like the rat in the kitchen, he hires somebody that doesn't fit in that world to be a caretaker to him as a quadriplegic. And he, um, their relationship and how it builds and with how they both grow by taking risk. It's a beautiful story. And I was a little worried because Kevin Hart plays the caregiver and he's a comedian and um, he can be raunchy, and I was thinking, oh, man, they took this beautiful story, and they're going to, like, comedy it up and ruin it, and it is really well done and beautiful. He's they're excellent related. in it's it. It's excellent. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful story. And then, of course, I don't know about you, but anytime I, I read or watch a real story, I go back and I do the research and I find the books and I want to know more yes. about these people. And they they had a long-time friendship um, in, in real life. What's and, the name of it again? Um, the French version, which is totally worth watching if you are can up do subtitles. for subtitles, Intouchables, uh-huh. Intouchable, uh-huh. which sounds weird. But the American ver- or the English version is The Upside. The Upside. The Upside. Yeah, there we go. Okay, here's another one of my quirky movies. Um, On a Clear Day. Oh, yes. you remember that? Oh, yeah, British yes. swimming. Yeah, yeah, yes. it's actually Scottish. Oh, um, but you know, it's the UK. The UK, and um, it's this uh, beautiful story of a family that has been torn apart by the drowning death of one of their young twin sons when he was seven, and then the relationship between the father and the surviving son is strained to the breaking point. Mm. And the son thinks the dad blames him. And although the dad blames himself, this wall comes between him and his son. And 
Um, again, I'm not going to give this away because you mm. totally should watch this on a clear day. And it, 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 of course, involves, again, community coming around this man and this family to support, to speak truth, um, coming alongside. So important, the message of we're actually not able to do this thing on our own. And I am aware, even as I say that right now, that some of you listening are feeling like you are doing it on your own. One of my favorite truths about Jesus is that we are never doing it on our own. The promise that He will never leave us or abandon us is one we hang on to, we stand on. And yet in that, we need people in our lives. And so I just want to encourage you to keep praying for them, ask for them, don't isolate, don't quit, don't go, they, that hurt me, so I'm never going to try that again. We all do that. We recoil when we are wounded. But ask God to lead you to where to go and to bring those people into your life, people that will champion you and at the right time understand and hear your story and come alongside. That's how redemption works. Yes. And as we're talking about the different movies, if you're listening, you're probably picking up on a lot of the movies we're talking about aren't necessarily seen as, quote, Christian movies, meaning the company that made them wasn't an, an evangelistic company and there wasn't scripture in the movie and there wasn't an altar call or anything like that. And what I just am noticing is what draws me to a story isn't necessarily that it needs that, but that it needs to be true. It needs to reflect yes. the trueness of how God made our world. So what is the movie's view of death, of life, of hope, of goodness? And, and so there's going to be some raw moments. There's going to be some you know language and, and, and messiness because that's how our life is. But just like our lives, everything isn't meant to be this nice lesson. And step by step. Step by step. and um, Right. You don't validate a beautiful picture by putting a verse at the bottom of it. Right. Like it, like, yes, Stacey. When you, you, go into, you hit a chord with that one. <laughs> like when you go into Christian bookstores, and I am not knocking Christian bookstores, but when you go in, the art they almost always have, if they have art at all, always has a verse underneath. And you're like, why can't the beauty of the ocean or of the uh, a sunset or of a bowl of fruit on the table, why do we have to always try to justify art with a verse? Like God is the creator yes. and art is beautiful without having to somehow put a label on it. And it speaks to you uniquely. So when a verse is assigned to it, they have already written that script for you, whereas it might evoke something totally different yes. for you during different seasons. Back to Seabiscuit. <laughs> um, Is that one of your favorite movies? In, in way, and I just watched so, it recently. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so did so I. I yeah. did so uh, what I was, you know, you, different characters represent different things. You know, there's not just one thing that you relate to or one character that you relate to. It's an opportunity, a creative opportunity for Jesus to weave something in to whatever you're experiencing in this season yes. of life. Yeah. And I love that. I love 
that it's even done without the writer's Knowing or yeah. right. Yeah, God yes. is at work. Yes. God, God is telling is his story. Yes. yes. Always telling the, his story. The greatest story, right? Yes. They pull on the greatest story. Yes. There are themes. There are even are if themes. they don't see the truth, exactly. we, we have eyes to see. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they may not even realize what they're at doing. Yes. Yeah. And you go, no, 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 but you tapped into something beautiful and eternal something here. bigger than yourself. Okay, I want to go back to Christian movies because I— Oh, two things I wanted okay. to go back to. Okay. One is I wanted to clarify that I have a beautiful painting in my room that has a scripture <laughs> over it, and I absolutely love so it. bless that. Yes, yes. 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 And then— um, I, okay, I'm 61 because, and all my stories are so old. Like when I was 12, I'm I went to you. the theater and saw a Billy Graham movie. Any anybody Billy Graham oh, movies? Yeah. And I went forward, accepted Christ in it, and then they discipled me from it for a while. And there's some, they're getting better. Like I'm, you know, I would cringe at some of the Christian movies that were coming out 20 like years ago. Like the Chosen. Ago. Hello. Okay, I'm behind. Oh, The Chosen is a series. I, I know the series. Okay, good. Yes, yeah. for those. And um, I think it's the best thing that's been done out there on the life I, of Jesus. I started watching Jesus. that because of you, Stacey, and your recommendation. But tell people who haven't heard of mm. it kind of what it is and why you were drawn to it. It's an it's episodes, and it's um, alternatively funded. So you download it on your phone. I actually watched the first four just on my little phone till I realized that I could do some magic and make it go onto my television. Is the closest representation of Jesus to me. It's the story from, is it Matthew or Luke? Or just his life. It's his a compilation life. of the Gospels like, yeah. that remind me of the true Jesus and his humor and his winsomeness and his strength. And so the first season is out. They're they're doing the second season now, but I, I highly recommend it. Um, Christian movies, um, all the Narnia. Oh! Uh, yes. And I, I really do think they were done beautifully. Every once in a while when I need to know the fierceness of yes. Jesus. Oh, you yes. Know, and, and the scene, the scene, yes, <gasps> where— where he he roars, uh, you know. Yeah, he comes out and he just roars. I it's like that's you just, all I needed. I have you know? chills just from you saying that. Mm-hmm. It's it's powerful, and it's a powerful visual representation of his fierceness over us. Yes, and I I every once in a while I need a good visual yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. Every now and again I need to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy again, mm-hmm. and I read them about every five years. Because I actually, again, I'm a, I, I'm a woman that reads the book first yes. before I see the movie, and then, yeah, sometimes I struggle with the, yes. the director of the yes. screenplay. So we actually did that with our children. Oh, they could not see the movie until they had read. So therefore, they had formulated different things in their head about what characters look like, and and so they could see the the comparison and learn to love the literature. Oh, that's so good. Let's just toss out other movies that we like. Groundhog Day. Mm-mm. Yes. Why? Why? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I thought it was so frustrating. Oh, my gosh. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I think it's like, you know, it is like the book of Ecclesiastes and that this <laughs> yeah. grumpy guy, narcissistic, Bill Murray plays the, the role and nobody could play it like him. I'm so glad he was the guy. But it's a comedy and it's a beautiful look at how we try to make life work. 
And he's stuck in this one day and has to live it over and over and over and over again. And all the ways he tries to make it work. Um, And and all the ways we try to make life work. You know, you see yourself in his character. Right. It's hilarious. I love it. It is. And then it's about personal transformation. Yes. Okay, I love... Anything with Tom Hanks in it. Mm, we're truly. Just, I mean, there are some people you just enjoy watching. Yeah. When I saw him in Big, I think it was like one of the first movies. I, yes. I believed he was 12. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. But. And then his most recent is Greyhound, which yeah, is I haven't seen it really yet. good. I mean, I, I can't think of one of his that I, I don't not like. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm just going to toss them out. Oh, The Incredibles. Yes. I love that. Yes. Wally, The Lion King. Yes. Toy Story. Especially um, the first one. Oh, yes. Yes. But so they were good. All, but I they mean, were all good. Talk about a series that did not disappoint in the sequels. It didn't. You know? It didn't. Mm-hmm. And then three, I watched Toy Story 3 right after I was a empty nester. Yes. So that slayed me. Yes. Titanic, Braveheart. Gladiator, mm. Last of the Mohicans, yes. Princess Bride, yes. Hoosiers. Anybody watch yes, Hoosiers? Yes. Oh, yes. I love that. Good, good. Groundhog Day's on my list too. Um, Black Panther. Yes. The Wizard of Oz. Um, I love the Avenger movies. John actually can't. He doesn't like those so much, but I what love does he not them. Like about them. Um, he'll he'll watch if I really talk him into it, but. Those it's what are those kind? Of, it's not his go-to. Okay. He's more of a finding forest or goodwill hunting kind of a guy. Yes. But though also epic um, ones where the reality of the battle, the cost of war. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yes. yes. So good. I, I thought it was really, you know, uh, pointed to the battle. Yes. Yes. Remember the Titans. <sighs> Yes. Like, okay, and Denzel Washington, just about anything that There's he's in, that. too. Yeah. What about um, musicals? <gasps> musicals? Yes. Can oh, we goodness. sing? Can Are we, we going to do Hamilton? No, Please. <laughs> Hamilton? <laughs> I got to take my shot, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't oh, waste my shot. goodness. <laughs> what other musicals are you the thinking of? Showman. The Greatest <gasps> Showman. Yes! So I like The Greatest Showman. Oh, so much. So much in that. So much in that. And again, a true story. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much, you know, license based, they took. But based on a true but story. But based on a yeah. true story. Beautiful scenery and costumes and the music. But a picture of the church. You know, a picture mm-hmm. of invite that that's what the church should be. Inviting all the misfits. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yes. yes. That's the people on that's the good. fringes. Yes. The, yes. Should be the church singing oh. and dancing and and ah, oh, I love that movie. I love I that love movie that too. Movie and I have so the much. soundtrack. I went through a season where that was all that was, that was playing. <laughs> that was it. Oh my goodness! And then of course Les Mis, you know the <gasps> ultimate yes. musical yes. of redemption. The ultimate. It's like that story. I never get tired of watching it and. And the the ending. I'm not giving everybody. No, everybody right. should know they miss. Yeah, you know the the <laughs> the picture of eternity and yes, redemption yes. and everybody there as one singing. Yeah. See, 
Chills. Redemption. Redemption. It's so yes. vitally important that yes. we keep telling ourselves these stories. I actually accomplished something big at the beginning of this summer. I read it. Wow. It's big and fat, you guys. It's the biggest, fattest book I've ever read. And, um, and no pictures. No pictures. <laughs> no scratch and sniffs. No, nothing. come on. <laughs> okay, I admit it. I skipped some things. And my, my daughter-in-law... Um, Susie had read it, and it took her a long time to read it because she didn't skip things. I'm like, well, I I skipped the 100 pages about the sewers in Paris, but I, I read most of it. Um, and then, you know, I had the opportunity to see the musical live, and you just weep. Weep. But again, are you hearing the themes? It's good to laugh. The stories of redemption, the stories that speak to our our deep spirits of struggle and dreaming, of becoming, like not ignoring what's planted in your heart, Um, the transformation that happens when we pursue—it's pursuing God, pursuing life, and the effect on on those that are witnesses to our lives. Mm -hmm. And, And as you're listening to this— a great thing to do, you know. I hope you're taking some notes on some of these movies. If you haven't seen the ones we're talking about, we would invite you to check them out. But more, what are the movies you're drawn to, and and then ask yourself why? Like, why are these two or three my all time favorites? What is that revealing? Not just about the movie, but what is it revealing about my heart, my longings, my desires, what I hope for? I think that's the gold. Like that's where you want to self-examine your own desires and and don't, you know, don't try to make it too difficult or complex. Just go, what are my favorite movies and why? Why am I why do I love them? Exactly. What do they speak to me? Why am I watching it over and over again? What are they telling me about the kingdom and about myself? Yeah. And sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I am drawn to something for a reason I don't really know. Yes. And and so it is fun to kind of partner with God and say, what is it? What What is my heart drawn to that my mind doesn't really get yet? So what movie are you guys going to go home and watch? I mean, this week. Just, yeah. We're going to plan it right yeah, there. Yeah, I think I'm doing Walter Mitty. Yeah. Walter Mitty, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to watch The Upside. Oh, good. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough okay. for today. Friends, bless you. This is just to remind you that actually our life is a story, mm-hmm. and we are living in a beautiful one. So thanks for joining us again, and see you next week at the Wild at Heart podcast. Mm-hmm.